welcome our curious listeners to another episode in our new bonus series, A Little Curious. A Little Curious will populate in your show feed automatically in the weeks in between our normal episodes this season, and will provide you with short and sweet bonus content all about the unexpected, the slightly odd, and the strangely wonderful in art history. If you're a regular listener to Art Curious, then you've heard me thank our production partner, Kabunki, for making each of our episodes sound so incredible. They've been with us since the beginning, and now they're here for you too. Need production and editing help for your own podcast? Sure. Full service video for your film or marketing project? You bet. How about original content for your website or campaign? No sweat. Kabunki does it all for video, audio, or whatever your medium. Their award-winning team has the tools and talent to elevate everything you do. Get to know our friends at Kabunki like we do and tell them our curious sent you. Visit kabunki.com. That's K-A-B-O-O-N-K-I.com. Kabunki, a silly name, but superb content. I love a really nice wrap dress. I have been wearing them for years as my day-to-day curator attire at the museum. But as much as I love a great Diane von Furstenberg wrap dress, I don't want to pay full price, which is why I love using Poshmark. Because Poshmark allows me to shop from millions of closets all across America to find the very best deals. Poshmark has tons of brands to choose from. Everything from Louis Vuitton to Chanel, Lululemon and J. Crew, and even kids gear is available from practically every brand you can imagine. You will not believe the deals that you can find on Poshmark. So I was shopping around for those Diane von Furstenberg wrap dresses, and I found amazing items that typically go for four or $500 being sold on Poshmark for 100 or 150. That is an incredible deal. Poshmark is the easiest way to buy and sell fashion items for men, women, and children, and even Halloween costumes are available on there. And to make things even simpler, you can download the Poshmark app and do all of your shopping straight from your smartphone. And here's the great news. Listeners of Art Curious can get $5 off of your first purchase. So just enter the invite code ARTCURIOUS when you sign up. That's one word, invite code ARTCURIOUS. So shop Poshmark today. This week's topic, Donatello's rule-breaking Mary Magdalene. Donato Di Niccolo Di Bettobardi, known to us today by the moniker Donatello, was a well-respected and groundbreaking sculptor known for creating iconic sculptures in the round, like his own version of the David from the David and Goliath story, and also for his versatility in using materials ranging from stone to bronze, clay and wax, to even wood, which is at the core of today's story. In most of his works, Donatello's figures are graceful, heroic, idealized in all of the best ways. But around 1455, he created a work that stands starkly in contrast with the rest of his works. He made The Penitent Magdalene, a wooden sculpture of Mary Magdalene. Now, considering Mary Magdalene as a subject of a standalone work of art is not strange. She has long been at the center of Christian iconography, standing in for all sinners forgiven and loved, repentant and faithful. Her story, for those who aren't familiar with it, stems from the New Testament. She's described in the Gospel of St. Luke, for example, as a woman who bathes Jesus' feet in her own repentant tears, then wipes them dry with her ample hair and anoints him with perfumed oil. After all of this, Jesus gently tells her that her sins are forgiven, and she goes on to live the remainder of her life dedicated to faith and her belief in Christianity. 
She was one of the women who supposedly witnessed Jesus' crucifixion and his resurrection, and, as Dan Brown novels tell us, may have had a very special place in Jesus' heart. That one is bunk, by the way, in my opinion. All this to say that Mary Magdalene is a very significant figure, one who has been popular in religious artwork for thousands of years as a way to connect churchgoers to the forgiveness of God and our abilities to walk away from sin and temptation. Most images of Mary Magdalene in art history follow the same standard iconography, and everyone from Giotto to Titian and onward has used it. She's beautiful as representative of her past possible profession as a sex worker, that epitome of the biblical sinful woman, with her long hair flowing and wild, passionate instead of pinned up and proper. For me, the most iconic image is one that comes nearly a century after Donatello's. That's Titian's own penitent Magdalene, who has this long, wavy auburn hair swirling over her body like she's Lady Godiva, but also somehow manages to miss covering up her ample breasts entirely. Her eyes are glancing up to the heavens, glassy with tears, lips parted. It's repentant, sure, but it's also sexier more than anything else. This, this is the standard image of Mary Magdalene. But Donatello's take, sculpted out of poplar wood and completed in the mid-1450s, is the opposite of the sexy sinner, almost horrifyingly so. She's penitent indeed, but instead of being renewed by the power of forgiveness, it looks instead like the weight of sin and guilt has hollowed her out. Her eyes are sunken in, so deep that in the right light, it almost looks as if she has no eyes at all. She's sad, perhaps absent in her own unrelenting thoughts, and Haggard barely begins to describe her. She looks awful, old, homeless even. And indeed, it has been noted that perhaps this is the Magdalene who was living as a hermit for a while. Her hair is long and unkempt, just like tradition holds, but it also blends in with what looks like a hair suit or a furry pelt, so that you can't tell where those beautiful tresses end and where her meager coverings begin. Her lips are parted, but they look parched, barren, and she certainly once was youthful, but now she's ravaged, all sinewy, and any feminine curves or blessings of beauty are totally and completely gone. The Magdalene in art was typically meant as a meditative image for all of us, knowing, no matter how we have sinned, that we are able to breathlessly experience God's love and compassion. The hope was that, in resting our eyes upon our visage, all sweet, sad, and beautiful, that we would be similarly repentant and believing in our own salvation. But Donatello's Magdalene is more of a mystery. Sure, it plays up on our feelings of guilt or fear about what sin can do to us, and it can act as a moralizing figure. But at the same time, the piece begs more questions. What was Donatello trying to note that the act of reconciling, of being sorry for our sins, was grueling or harrowing in and of itself? Her eyes look as if she's perched on the brink of madness. Her stance is off kilter. Has the weight of her own sorrow and remorse taken her beyond the point of no return? And then there's the choice of materials. We don't know much about the commissioning or creation of the work other that it stood for a very long time in Florence's baptistry. Today it is housed in the nearby Duomo Museum. But what we do know is that creating a work in wood is kind of an odd choice. It's more vulnerable to the elements, whereas something in stone or metal is far more impervious. But maybe that's the whole point. Wood can warp with water. It can break. Insects can bore holes into it. It is frail. Strangely enough, it is the most human material out of which one could sculpt a human. And that material, combined with Mary's shattered appearance, makes this one of the most emotionally powerful sculptures in all of art history. 
For more stories of the unexpected, the slightly odd, and the strangely wonderful in art history, subscribe now to the Art Curious Podcast on the podcatcher of your choice, or download and listen on our website, artcuriouspodcast.com. I hope that this episode today has made you a little curious. Thank you.